1: Listeners, you've got Adam, Jim and myself this week for our penultimate episode before we have a little break. We'll be discussing a fine away night at Morecambe in the Cup, as well as a fine home game against Swansea. As ever, we've got a few listener questions and we'll finish off by talking about what we could see at the end of this transfer window. And thanks for all the support at the start of this season. It's uh, really appreciated. So yeah, enjoy the episode. Boys, are we good? Well, thanks, Jake. Jim, you well?
2: Yeah, good, mate. Just doing a bit of a
1: last-minute prep. So apologies, I might be quiet for five minutes No, nah, no, it's fine
0: Not a problem at all
1: I, I, Well, I know you were both on yesterday But it was a good day, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, as good as it's been for a long time, that yesterday
1: Yeah, very much so I think you, you just said then before we started recording Don't remember the last time we were that dominant at Deepdale
0: No, second half Completely, completely controlled the game It's good to see
1: Yeah, it was, yeah. It
2: absolutely was Thought. So- in terms of tactically, I think they played straight into our hands. It's like, it's perfect for us. Like yesterday, in terms of how we've been used to watching North End play over the past three or four years, in terms of the high press, you know, retrieving the ball in the, in the final third, you know, putting them under copious amounts of pressure. I thought it was perfect for us because of the way they played. You know, they they were trying to play sort of total football with probably not the greatest side in the world. You know, that's probably the best way I can describe it because they're a team that's definitely going through a period of transition. You know, having lost a few in the summer, especially the lone players that they had last season. You know, that's why they always competed at the top end of the table for me, like getting Freddie Woodman in, who's been Newcastle's number one at the start of the season. Is it Mark Gay, the guy who's gone to Palace? You know, obviously losing Andre Ayu. And then you've got players that are aging now, you know, Jake Bidwell's got another couple of years on him. Ethan Laird did all right, yesterday, but we pinned him back, which tactically was the right thing to do. You know, Matt Grimes, obviously, they're on about him le- leaving this week. So I just think, like, for their makeup and how they were as a team, it played perfectly into Preston's hands. And you know what, we've given Frankie a fair bit of shit on here, and you know, I think he came up with the goods yesterday.
1: Yeah, so that was. You.
0: Yeah it. yeah, it was good
2: to see. It was really good to see. It's good to just it was good to see us just completely dominate a game. You know, and even even when they scored this sort of scored against someone at play, it's a good but it's a good goal, right? It's a great assist by Cullen. Good
1: finish. But really good torture, it, That from Lynn. Oh, yeah,
2: it's really good. Is it not Josh Cullen? No. I am thinking of someone else. I must be thinking of someone else. Um but yeah, the lad who scored that um that Piro, Obviously, so they paid PSV, what, a million, a million and a half quid for him. So, got a good pedigree. Can see him scoring probably 10 or 15 this season. But credit to our back line, thought they dealt with him really well. Thought they dealt with every single challenge that Swansea threw. It was yesterday, I thought we did really well with it. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not been many times I've come off a game and thought, yeah, that could have been more. You know, run 3-1 against a
1: team that was in the playoffs last season. To be like, fair, well. I'll, I'll take you back to Peterborough the other week. I think that was another
0: one. It's been yeah. two two home games. I think going back to what you're saying, Jimmy, I think the way we played yesterday has been part of our DNA for longer than that, I think. I like, even remember in the championship we were playing teams who wanted to pass it around and play on the ball, like Swindon in the final. You know, we are, we've just been great against teams like that for so many years and it just baffles me. I know people have got philosophies and the way they want to play and stuff, but... The way people come to deep down and think they're going to get away with playing like that, you know, the players that we've got, it just it just suits us to a T. And, and sometimes I'm just, like, not surprised, you know, the way we play against teams like that. It's, it, was, uh, it was textbook, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, I was
2: disappointed with them second half. You know, we've restricted them to two block shots all second half. You know, they've not tested Iverson. Don't think we've really been tested in the back line second half because we were that dominant you know, in terms of when we had the ball, and don't we were second best in terms of possession percentages, but when they're fanning about with it in the back line, you know, and giving it the keeper that literally looks scared every time he got the ball, I'm like, give it him. Just give, give it the keeper, right? Like, because, like, he didn't want it. He is their big weak link. You can just tell, like, he just just doesn't want to know trying to play out from the back. I think there was a couple of times when he either shanked his, shanked his long ball or, Played a poor pass, put himself under pressure, you know, and obviously the tackle on Reese, which it, it isn't a red card because it's not the denial of the goal scoring opportunity. So it is a I, dis- I disagree, so but
1: we'll come on to that in a bit because we've gone off piece, here. We're not even <laughs> yeah. started about the Morecambe game. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, you know, yeah, before we get, before we get oh. on to the Morecambe game, as always, just a reminder that you can support us here at From the Finney as well. Just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the Finney. And yeah, anything that's received is massively appreciated. As always, as well, if you're listening on an Apple device, if you could leave us a review, that would be appreciated on the Apple podcast app. Yeah, so we'll we'll go back a few days then, boys. And it was a great night, wasn't it? On the filed well, is it the filed Coast, Morecambe? No?
2: Mm, Morecambe Peninsula, or whatever to call it. It's um... oh, what's it called? That bay? Morgan Bay. bay. Welcome bay oh, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just need to go to bed.
1: Oh, Jim. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it was. It was a great night, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> y- you can't really get after a better start when you know you've got to sold that away and supporting you. Sorry,
0: I'm still still chuckling at that. <laughs> I think um, it's almost gone down a little bit. Like social media folklore, that game the other night—the way that everyone was—because uh, I, I wasn't there, but everyone I spoke to has said that it was like a quality, quality night. So, and it looked it, you know, when the fourth went in and everyone was on the pitch and stuff, it was, it was, uh, it was good to see.
2: You're Asking the wrong person, so I wouldn't know if I was on childcare duty, but I, I was in the same boat. Like everyone I spoke to said, it was just full of ones <laughs> So. Uh, everyone seems to have a good time, didn't they? So yeah, uh, no, it was
1: it was great, and and the noise was from start to finish was brilliant. To be fair, all around the ground as well. It wasn't just the away fans. I think give the give the home crowd some credit. Thought they were they were very good and got behind the side very well. Uh, but I mean, when you one 0 up inside seven minutes, it doesn't really get much better than that.
2: But the uh, home attendance record yesterday, more than to Chef Wednesday. Yeah, they won as well, didn't they? Won one nil, yeah. So I think it's a good result against them because they'll do all right this season. I think, you know, from watching bits of the game back, Stephen got gotten well organised. And I think what he came out with after the game, he said like footballing wise, they were probably the better team in for large spells. And everyone I spoke to yesterday didn't really disagree with that. They said like they play, you know, they played some good football. Yeah. You know, probably unmorcum like if that's the term you want to use. But end of the day when you've got championship quality, it, it comes to fruition, doesn't it? Really? Leads and strikes, unbelievable. Like, so you need those sort of moments of magic, don't you, to so win a game sometimes. And it's like, you know, you've just gone two two, you're thinking, Christ, not again. You know, uh, I thought it was uh, no, uh, oh, just rocketing rocket it.
1: Yeah. As so, well, I think D- DJ's passed for the first one. Brilliant. I know we've spoken on here haven't we about him maybe not looking as good as he has done elsewhere when he plays that deeper role
2: TJ's in form mate at the minute oh, he yeah. is in form but um, we've, we've said like things that sort of need to come off Emil's arse didn't we to get a bit of a run of luck and lo and behold the second comes one dead
1: near enough <laughs> yeah no, that's what I mean So
2: that's <laughs> well like, to
1: it though to be fair yeah, to you. I think right. I think it it was a foul on him, but the ref plays advantage, and then obviously the defender and the keeper collide and the ball just falls right at his feet. I think even a Emile didn't really know what was going on. He sort of looked around and then just stuck it in the back of the net.
2: Poachers instinct. No complaint.
1: None at all. Not all. It's, I think... it's
2: good it's good jaw as well for us, like, you know, it gives us a real opportunity to get into last sixteen. You know, and give Frankie a bit of credit again at your crisis is you twice in a podcast right <laughs> um, he's attacking cup competitions isn't he uh, the squad he's putting out yeah. he's not you know under Alex Neal like everyone complained but I, I think that City game was, was a bit of a joke Like in terms of I think he made nine changes something that night didn't he and it's like well just takes away the little bit of spark from the cup but Frankie's attacking it he's playing a decent team we don't get any prize money, which is a shame. I think you mentioned that last week, Brownie.
0: Um but I think it's um, I think you're happy taking a lower lead team at home. I mean you obviously want a big team at home anyway, but you'd mm-hmm. want a big team away and you like to think that if you get through the next round then you're kind of more or less guaranteed a big tie, and then you know you're a bit further along. And it's a good opportunity to give players a bit of a run out who haven't been playing, like Cunningham and uh, even Rafferty got a game, Deck, who I think don't know for the second goal and it's a weird one deck because he's like he's not he doesn't look commanding does he things seem to go through him you know when he has a, a well, shot that literally and, stuff, did and go like, through his legs yeah. did not it and it's just like i think that's where question marks on for him really because there was that stat about number of shots against him compared to goals and stuff and i think you know obviously he's rusty i'm not going to not going to have a go at him but it is just something to point out Um. But yeah, I like the home draw. To be honest, I'm happy with that, and we'll see what happens next round. I'm gutted it's not away. I'm so gutted it's not. The
2: Cheltenham's a big tick for anybody. I'm so annoyed. Just wanted to to be reversed or something. I just just need like can't even get Arsenal away. In, well, can we get Arsenal away? Oh, we could do, could do it. We could do. Yeah. But to be fair, I'd love Arsenal away at the minute. The way they're playing. I was going to say, would you, would you take
1: Arsenal or would you take the Cheltenham home draw if it man we got Arsenal away in the next one?
0: Oh, 100%, mate. Oh, 100%. Well, that used 100%. to be the big one, didn't it, in terms of gate receipts? That was the big one. If you got that, you are well, quitting. Still get,
2: they'll still get 45,000 on, won't they? Because there's nothing better to do. Yeah. So, and we, we get 45% of the gate receipts. Sound. That'll... Um... <laughs> Trevor oh, will be happy Trevor, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Be able to put a bit more fuel in his chopper so that those... <laughs> North End... excuse, excuse me.
2: This is a family podcast. You can't be saying that. <laughs> i knew i'd get him back i knew For i'd get him back fuck's sake, Jim. <laughs>
1: um yeah and then obviously the coming on <laughs> oh that tickled me that that was a good one
2: not as much as it tickled me
1: um oh, yeah on, on to the fourth it's uh, again a meal's evolved in the Emil is involved in the build-up he's not evolved in the build-up and it's great work from both win-backs obviously Greg getting down and getting the ball in I think it's pots that it takes a nick off or take he gets yeah. a touch to it and then obviously Sepp just absolutely slams it home doesn't he?
0: Yeah he enjoyed that one as well didn't he?
1: Yeah he was brilliant after as well coming over and swearing in his Radio Lancashire interview it's a good job it wasn't live
0: I love him yeah. I love him. He's such a good character. And yeah. I've seen a few people say, Oh, let's get him permanently. Let's, we've got absolutely no chance of getting him permanently. Let's just get that right. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a good player and even, you know, Liverpool youngsters cost an absolute fortune. So yeah. he blows out not, that
1: one straight away. Even if they're not involved in the first team, they'll like I suspect they'll do with Ben Davis, be able to get a very good sum of money. Yeah, we'll come back onto the Swansea game then. Can't really remember where we got up to, to be yeah. fair.
2: Just, <laughs> just on
1: that, we're set. Right, this is how
2: mental Liverpool is, right? Liverpool sold a keeper this summer. Kemil Garab- Garabara. Oh, I can't even say his name. That's Garabara. That's him. Guess how much they've sold him for to Copenhagen? Six million quid or something. Three million quid, right? The guy is... I, He's not even. He's playing Poland under twenty ones. He's not played a game for Liverpool. He played on loan at our House in in Denmark. So. Yeah, and he's twenty two, and they got th- and they got three million quid for him. You know, I'm pretty got... sure
0: Barca beat. Uh, well, Liverpool beat Barca to Sep as well. I think so. He's highly thought of.
1: It says a yeah. lot, doesn't it? Man,
2: that Liam Miller, that was a that went to Charlton last season on loan, the, the guy from the Canadian guy, twenty-one, he's gone to Basel in Switzerland. They've got one and a half million for him. So, like, you're talking for set, like Dutch under twenty-one international. Great, he's got a call up. Um, you are talking two, three, four million at least, plus <laughs> the add-ons. At least you know. And are we going to be able to pay that? Well R- yes. hope they have a good cut run i have a good cut run You never
1: know Well we we could pay it But we probably won't Let's be honest I don't know if we could Because of FFP Yeah true That's a very good point actually
0: You look at his goal yesterday I mean technically He's probably better than like, Most of our players He brings the
1: ball down On his left foot Cuts it inside So he's on his right foot And just absolutely Slams it Yeah
2: Centre half shouldn't be able to do what he did yesterday. Gotta remember he's a centre half. That's what he's yeah. come here to play at this season and develop. And we've played him as right wing back and obviously right back second half yesterday and he's absolutely dominated Bidwell and then he's scored that. And like that's a touch of a right winger, you know, in terms of dropping shoulder next minute, bang in bottom corner. I'm thinking, I can't be doing that, Seppi. Come on. You've got to play nice to teams like Swansea. You know, can't be being that ruthless. But class, it was so good yesterday, Seppi. I'm absolutely loving to it. I what a guy!
1: Our only chance of having him back is probably another loan next season, but I suspect that might come with a hefty loan fee.
0: I think he might even. Well, it depends because he's got he's playing out of position, isn't he? So it's like, well, what? How will Liverpool see it at the end of the season? But I yeah, think even true. like his athleticism and stuff, I think he can actually. There was a part in the second half where he got, a, he got past DJ, I think, and DJ slipped him in, he crossed it back. And I think he was talking about, in midweek, talking about getting more assists, and it's obviously something he's going to be working on at wing-back. So that's, But I think he's got, he's got all the attributes to get up and down the pitch perfectly. Can you imagine
2: like, Liverpool have learned into us, thinking he's going to be a centre-half, and we developing into a right wing-back Like <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be absolutely rubbing their hands, because if you think about it, as a centre half, we've not really seen him, have we? So it's hard to make a judgment. But as a as a wing back at this level, or as a right back, could he's a playing in top six like, for me in the championship players. Yeah, would might, you say, might uh, end would up you playing say that there. a full
1: back or a wing back is more saleable than a centre back as well?
2: Mm. So yeah. obviously
1: your strike is your most expensive mm. position, isn't it? But I would I would I would say that mm. you could feasibly get more money for a full-back or a wing-back versus a centre-back?
2: Well, I mean, Matty went for 14 million quid. You know, government, like it was a winger who converted to a full-back. I'm not saying they're the same level by any stretch of the imagination, but centre-arms get good money as well. What's the... Who's the lad who went from Stoke for 12 million quid? Nathan to Burnley? Collins. Collins, Nathan yeah. Collins. So, I think, you know, if they're good enough, then you'll get a good fee for them. Now at this level, because that's sort of how the business is of sport
0: and of football in general. So, thing is as well, there's a long, long time of the season to go. He might end up centre back before the season finishes. You don't know, dear. Do Injuries, suspensions, or whatever. So,
1: well, I was going to save this for later on, but I'll ask it now. Where does where does a Sunday get him when he's back fit? Because you would imagine that that's the only thing that you could see pushing set back to playing on the right of a back three. Is all of a sudden coming in and doing well?
2: do you drop out the back three?
1: No idea. <laughs>
2: no, don't you don't. I think I think the back three looked really good yesterday. Everyone, you know, everyone, that's the wrong word, excuse, but people have got a bit of uh You know, they don't rate Andrew Hughes and they don't rate Story. I thought both of them were excellent yesterday. I think second half, when we slightly tweaked our shape tactically and we went pretty much to a back four when Hughes was at left back, pretty much He was a bit inverted and um, I thought Hughes was excellent with Earl in front of him thought double up really well on that um, Ethan Laird Earl pinned him back I think if I was to come back in got to win your spot can't drop Seppi can't drop Jordan Story I think he was good yesterday that's your main centre half in this shape without a shadow of a doubt and Andrew Hughes is doing really well so and Josh Earl you know he's coming to the team his last two games in the league, and it's looked,
1: all, it? no,
2: and I think last season, like he looked good at wing back. Got, I think he played wing back one game, looked really good, and then went to a left back game after and got torn a new one. Forgot who it was against at home.
1: The, got, the wing back game was a midweek one, I think, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, away.
0: yeah. Was it Barnsley? Yeah. He had a shot, might didn't he? Later been, on, yeah.
2: Yes, and then we played someone on the Saturday at home, and he got it got torn, a new one at left back because it went back to back four. I don't think he's a left back. This is my issue. I don't think defensively he's great. He works hard, and he tracks back, but he's One V one one v one is mm. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Cause he's a wing, Because he's a winger, that's how he's been all the way through the academy. And like obviously Alex Neal put him in at left back and like wrong, he had a few good games, but as soon as he comes up against a, a good side and a good winger, then it, it doesn't look great. But I think playing as a wing back, he's got that support of a I suppose a natural left back behind him that's playing at left, left centre back. And I think you can double up in a way on, on a winger at that in that sort of shape. So I think it works for Josh Earl. You know, and I think this shape, this is probably where he's going to be at his best because obviously second half, we'll come on to it tactically in, in a minute, but he practically became a front three and that's how it pinned Laird back because he was that high. And you look at the sofa score sort of player positions, literally... He's as high for the game as Maguire and Reese, pretty much in DJ, in like a four, it's, it's bizarre when you look at the player positions I urge anyone to have a look at it like, but it just shows how tactically I think we adapted that game yesterday and it fit perfectly for us.
1: No, I completely agree. And you know, we just mentioned Andrew Hughes there. He had he created half a chance for himself from I think it was a long throw from SeP. Um, like a half acrobatic overhead kick. I think that goes in if you connect with that properly. That's early goal of the season contender. However, obviously he didn't. So I
0: remember saying at the time, going, "Was was that Hughes?" <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got obviously a
1: Mills sort of chances that he had um, before the goal came. I think an effort just from in inside the box, straight at the keeper, but. What really impressed me and what stood out to me about that, he he gets powerful shots off with very little backlift. It's really, I remember watching, uh, Jim, I don't know, did you come on the episode with the Randers assistant or was it Ollie? No, it was just you and Ollie. When we were talking to him and having watched the highlights before that from Emil's time in Denmark, it was one thing that me and Ollie sort of highlighted was the way that he can just like unleash a shot with. Tons of power without actually any backlift at all. Yeah, I think
2: when you watch the highlights back, he's had three really good chances first half. Obviously, scored the last. But the first one is yeah. that literally snapshot. You know, really good power on it. Literally one touch bang. I was like, yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah. It happened the that keeper. quickly.
1: I was surprised. I thought when it fell felt, he's going to thought, keep- gonna take a touch here.
2: Mm. Tried to keep the ca- tried to catch the keeper off guard. Yeah, and it's a good save from him, even though he's really poor today. So Their keeper Bender, and then the second, se- the second one, he's got too much time. And <laughs> I know that sounds really strange because you can have too much time as a as an attacking player because he's one v one, and then his touches his touches good, but then he probably takes that extra touch when he, he could think, get an early shot and get put it across the keeper. And you know what? If it goes in, I think great, he.
1: He was surprised by how quickly the keeper was on him, I think, personally. I don't think he was expecting him to touch. come out off the line that much.
2: Took an extra touch, me. Right, like, if he gets his shot away early, I like, it's a goal for me. The way he's finished at the minute. It, but when you watch it pack the, like, the shot power is just nothing. It's like he, he does seem surprised the keeper is where he is. Right. And it's like what, what do I do? So but end of the day, like he's finished for the goal he scored is absolutely Top jaw, like, you know, that was breaking the net. Set's reaction. I was just going to say, I think, I
1: think George tweeted yesterday saying, like, that that was taking the back of the net out of that shot. It's
2: it Set's reaction. As soon as <laughs> yeah. it lays his foot, he's got his arms in the air because he just knows where it's hitting. Well,
1: there's that picture in there where he's just stuck, it's like,
0: as meal's hit the ball. It's class that. So, I the good thing for Reese's he scored five in seven, and we're still sat here thinking he should have done better or he can do better. Yeah. So imagine imagine when he's at full tilt, what he's going to be like. I think Maguire actually helps him a little bit because Maguire can drop off and then DJ in the 10 as well. They can both just slip balls through to him constantly. And if you've got someone like Brown in there, he can't do it. And Evans, Evans can't do that either. And I think Maguire really compliments him. And especially sure. when, like yesterday, because you can just slip balls in behind, like the penalty incident. How but fast was he for that?
1: You know, the one v one. The one v one that he missed. It's just it's a lovely little dink through from Shawnee. And obviously Emil does really well to beat his man, and then obviously we've talked about the the chance going and going begging. But I thought Shawnee and DJ yesterday were absolutely fantastic. For me, DJ was man of the match.
2: I'd agree with that. I think Shawnee was great. He's picked up loads of pockets on the left side. Um, for what look at his heat map, like in terms of where he's played yesterday, he's he's pulled left and just let a meal loose on him basically. And they clearly targeted that lad who came on as a sub, that Brandon Cooper, he's had an absolute nightmare <laughs> yesterday. He's been absolutely torn. Um showing was really good. Like the flick-ons he won and stuff like that. He's won five out, he's won five aerial chills yesterday. Sean Maguire. You know, five foot seven. I'm like, but he just reads the game that well, sticks his ass out all the time, likes win fouls. Just go the, the to one what he for does. The,
1: the one for the goal for Emile's goal. Obviously, it's a ball in from DJing. He looks like he's going down, but then he just sort of sticks a leg out, gets a toe on the ball, and obviously it falls at Emil's feet and mm. with we're, we're two one up.
2: Just got a really good look, low centre of gravity, like right, in terms of how he plays.
1: He looking at I, him I, yesterday, I, I I think he's adapted his game really well because obviously when he came, he was just bags of pace. That's yeah. that's what his game was based on. He's had the two injuries, obviously hamstring injuries, very bad by all accounts. I think did one his hamstring completely come off; it had to be reconnected.
2: Yeah, something it was uh, serious when it I have what three months from it. Yeah, but...
1: and obviously after that, you're going to expect someone to lose a yard or two of pace. And I think obviously he struggled last season with a couple of niggles and not getting regular game time, but I think early on this season, between the cup games and the league games that he's played, he's looked superb. I was quite he's... critical of him after the Mansfield game. I thought he was going down quite easily uh, and over the piece had little impact on the game, obviously aside from the assist, which is quite a big impact, but you get my point. But I think from then, I think he's just he's pushed on. He's adapted his game really well. Like you say, Jim, he's got that low centre of gravity and he was, just, he was just a pain in the arse yesterday.
2: You've got to think, right, is, is he going to score you 10 or fifty? Because people see him as a striker, as a nine. And for me, he's not. You know, even under Alex Neal, he played wide left You know, and quite inside on his right. You know, it, What did he get last season? Three goals, two assists. So it's not a great return, really. But he's only played 15 games in terms of actual 90 minutes. I was just going to say, the how many of the games season. did he
1: actually get last season?
2: Well, he got yeah. 90, 90s in terms of match minutes. So, you know, a goal every, what, five games? Not not bad. I mean, not great for, for what people perceive as a nine, but he's not a nine. He's not a striker. Yeah. You know, he's someone that plays in the pockets and plays sort of in a bit of a freeish role, you know, and drifts out left quite often so he can run it, you know, and pick between sort of right backs and centre halves and pick into space and try and create things. So... I think we just need to get away from this perception that Sean McGuire is a nine that's going to score you 15, 20 goals a season because I don't think he is anymore because of the way he's adapted his game. If he gets us this season six or seven goals and makes six or seven assists, but well, gives us a wider contribution, that's if he continues to play as a two, isn't it? well, if he continues to play as a two with the meal, like and gives us a wider contribution to you know win penalties and stuff like that because obviously doesn't get classed as an assist. Um, it, yeah, you know, we're not playing F- FPL here. So, it's, we've got to look at what you can offer in a different way because is he going to be the perfect stri- striker as a nine? No, but we've got Emil, we've got Chad, you know, you've got Scott Sinclair, you know, that can all play in that role. So, I think there's a way of fitting Shawnee in and it'd be interesting what happens in the next 48 hours with the window because like a team might look at him now and think, you know what, might be worth a punt, you know, in terms of how they might fit into fit into their shape, you know, and I suppose every player's got their own value, haven't they really, to us? So it wouldn't I know it sounds really strange, we'll come on to this later, but it wouldn't shock me if we lost one that we're not what well, we're not expecting.
0: Well we've got if you count Sinclair, um, then we've got pretty much five strikers on the butts because Sinclair is only going to play up front. If you include mm. Barkey in that, we've got six. And then we've got Wickham on trial. So that's potentially seven, plus alone loan is eight. Like, we're not like that's, that's, you, you, it wouldn't be surprising. Many. It wouldn't be surprising if we did lose one. Now, Rodwell Grant might go out on loan, which is fair. But you look at it, we are quite heavy up top. And everyone's yeah. like clambering for a striker, but we have got quite a lot up there. So well, I think
1: we'll, we'll talk a bit more about the window toward the end of the episode. Um, but coming back to the Swansea game, for me, it's a red card on, on meal. Why? Not because because he cleans him out. He, he doesn't even try to win the ball. He just kicks he him. He no, does. No, he doesn't. He's made, nah. int- you, he's made an right, attempt you, to play the watch, ball. If you watch what he does, he kicks meal. Doesn't get anywhere near the ball. Darren Gibson did the same when we played Wigan at home. Darren Gibson got a straight red card. If that's anywhere else on the pitch, you're not telling me that's a red card.
2: I think he makes an attempt to play the ball. I don't think From, it was because it's right. It's literally right in front of us. It's clumsy as out because the keeper's literally like got Lenny's boots, and he can't move. It's clumsy. It's not. It's not endangering the safety of an opponent. It's not. You know. So it's not a red card offense because he he has gone to play the ball. It's reckless. So it's a bookable offense. That's oh, so it. That's that's, that's, that's that's. I didn't think that's, it was a red either. That's the letters of the law. It's, it's reckless as a challenge. It's not in danger of the safety of an opponent. So it's a, it's a, it's a yellow, cautionable offence. It's not a red. And he's it's not, it's not denial, denied a goal-scoring opportunity. So it's it's a booking. In the, in the wording of the laws of the game, it's a bookable offence. Like people around me will go, why is it not a red? I'm like, it's, not, it's not violent conduct. So, you know... It's it's a yellow. You're too far away, Jake. In row 326 of the Tom Finney stand, <laughs> <laughs> with, your, with your binoculars out. It's um. And my flask, yeah. and my blanket, and your, the tartan blanket, uh, and your yeah, and the sandwiches. Been in the freezer for three weeks. For the
1: record, none. I have none of those things. <laughs> Could probably do with some binoculars, to be fair, in about two or three years. Where my eyes are going. Let's talk about the last goal then. I think it's here. a Paul Gallagher classic, isn't it? From Ben Whiteman.
2: Oh, mate, he, he congratulated him, didn't he? Like, they like the worked on that. You could just tell. There's that little cheeky grin of far as whilst well as he's still on
0: the edge of technical area. Just he just he knew what they what they were doing. Yeah, it's perfect. Just bounced right in front of the keeper, didn't it? He was having a shocker, like you say. It reminded
1: me of that one that he scored against Wigan, Gally, when DJ just knocked it a yard, a yard forward, and first time whip.
0: It's yeah. nice to have someone who can take. Free kicks. So again, yeah,
2: we've got two or three. Because Andrew Hughes has took him in the past as a lefty. Ledson's took a couple. A few is like DJ. DJ. Good finish. I think
0: Whiteman's got Whiteman's technique. Just looks like he's he's got it. He can he mm-hmm. can have them outside the box any day for me. Took him for Donny as well.
2: Um, you are took him for Donny, didn't he? Yeah, free kicks.
1: Yeah. So, um you'd imagine that working with Galley as well, he'd learn learn a thing or two from him. Yeah, new, like new
0: penalty technique. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> if he can get on him. DJ is, uh, suspect DJ's got them locked when he's playing this season. Yeah, boys, I think unless you've got anything else you want to add to part one, we can wrap it up there and uh, I'll go and get a brew and we'll come back for part two.
2: No, I um, I worry about Swansea now. I think they could quite easily finish sort of bottom six. Um. Especially, it's going to take him time to implement that style of play that Russell Martin wants, especially with the players he's got currently. I was
1: just going to say, they're going to need quite a change in players, I think, if he wants to be successful in implementing that style of play.
2: Yeah, I just don't think it's going to work with the players he's got currently. He's going to have to adapt his game. I like it, you know, it's, it's quite pretty on the eye and everything. Yeah, it's bold but as well, I'd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, got, it reminds me of when a bit of Martin has had him, you know, like Swansea, it was total football. But he had a squad at that point where he could use, you know, he he had good players to to use and had been coached in that way for a length of time. Like
1: Leon Leon Britton, Angel Rangel, did did they have Sigurdsson as well?
2: At one point, yeah. Just like Um, they had a a side. That's the best way to describe it, Jay. I just think... I looked at him and I thought, and I listened to his post match. and I thought, ooh, you've questioned the commitment, you've questioned the desire here. That's like a slippy slope, you know, he in did terms that. of.
1: Um, he did that the other week, though, didn't he? I think he accused some of the players of going rogue.
2: Yeah, I'm he sure did. I was, yeah, like,
1: he, I was listening was to the NTT 20, and they, they they said on that that Russell Martin in his post match accused some of his players of going rogue. I
0: think the thing is, when you've got such a straight philosophy, from, like yeah. that does yeah. it, doesn't he? He'll just kick someone out if they go off. If they go rogue, that's it. See you later. You're not playing. So when like you've got a strict take- philosophy like that, yeah, yeah, you know, take- I think I like think that.
1: when you're at Man City, that that works. But I'm not sure it'll work at, at Swansea City.
2: Yeah, no, especially like I get it in terms of having a philosophy, but you've got to be adaptable as well in the Championship because there's some good teams at this level, and you know, there's teams like us that people perceive as being an average an average side, but have got in the locker to do a performance like yesterday and put a performance in like that, you know, where they can high press, they can literally run for 90 minutes. Because I thought we looked fit yesterday. I don't, someone mentioned last night that the reason that we might have been looking a bit, a little bit leggy for them first couple of fixtures was because of the amount of work we've done in pre season on fitness. I thought maybe it's just coming to fruition now in terms of how fit we actually are. You know, obviously that Peter game last week, and everyone's absolutely on their arse at the end of the game. Maybe we are actually quite fit and we're just it's just taking time for it to show because like we we were still pressing in like the ninety second minute yesterday. Yeah. We've pressed for a whole game. So
1: just food for thought. One to keep an eye on, I think, over the, the coming months. Um, mm. but yeah, on that note, it's time for a brew. I'll see you in part two. Welcome back to part 2 of the From the Finney podcast. We've got a few listener questions, we'll talk about the window a little bit and then we'll do somewhat of a preview of Bristol City, but there's no point going into too much detail because I suspect a lot will change by the time we play them. So, yeah. Boys, first question. Where does Alan Brown fit into this side when he's fit and ready to return?
2: I thought the first question was going to be when you were going to tell us about doing a Bristol City preview without either of us doing any prep on Bristol City. Could you just drop that into? Honestly, thanks, mate. Um, Alan Brown, it's going to be tough isn't it for him because, like, how does he how does he fit in to the midfield when Whiteman, DJ, and Ledson are playing that well? Mm. Because do you put him with right wing back? You can't really drop Seppi.
1: Um, we obviously we covered. Um, all of Sunday before, didn't we? So he's got a job on his hands, hasn't he?
2: Mm. Got to play for your place, haven't he? Like, he might get a run out in the cup against um, Cheltenham. I think that'll probably be his first game back, will next week, I don't think they'll chuck him straight in against Bristol City. But is it the week? Oh, so we've got to play Bristol City, Sheffield United, West Brom, and then Cheltenham, innit? So it's yeah. not like it's the next game. As there's it there's feels a bit of like a weight, it isn't be. there? Yeah, I think you will get at least one of those three games because obviously three games in a week when you're playing especially them three teams as well because that's a tough run of games. Um, Matt does have to wait his time, wait his turn.
0: I've always been an advocate of him playing number 10, but I don't think with Reese up front, I don't think it works with him number 10 because he Brown's used to the one running behind, isn't he, as a number mm. 10, whereas you've got DJ in front who can just slip balls through to Reese. I don't think it's any coincidence that we play better since I hate to say it since he came out because that midfield two is is miles better. It's got much more pace in it. If you look at Brown when he takes the ball deep, he's so laboured with it and like the passing isn't too great. I was looking at Whiteman yesterday and the way he scans the pitch from deep, like Brown just can't do that. So I, I honestly think the only position for him would be right wing back, and I think that's. And we're quite loaded there when you think about it, even if you include Rafferty in it, which is why I'd, I'd I'd quite like to to lose Rafferty. I mean, obviously anyway, but I think we could afford to lose in this window because um, we're quite well stocked in that position.
1: Well, we've got so, Barky, Seppi now, all of a sudden to come in. Uh, obviously Raff and then, Brown if, and then he's, Brown,
0: if he's going to be playing there. I mean, let's face it, Brown is a better option than Rafferty there. So there's oh, yeah, a wing back. So you can definitely just afford to lose Rafty, And I think, I think Brown has played well there because he played against Huddersfield. He scored two, didn't he? I think Derby he scored as well. So he's, he's a useful option to have there. I just think with the way DJ's playing at the minute and the way we play, I don't think he fits in the midfield at all. No,
2: you can't drop DJ. Like, unless he plays with two 10s, but then he'd have to sacrifice one of his strikers. And I don't think he would. I think he'd, he's quite insistent on playing the two up front.
0: But Maguire um, can play, Maguire drops it deep enough anyway for that. So you don't you don't really need Browne. I don't need two tens if you're going to play Maguire.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's interesting what you say about the right wing back situation because it be interesting what happens with Rafferty. Like, because I don't know, I, I read somewhere today, like, we might have turned down approaches for Rafferty in terms of people not paying, like, it not being a good enough package for for us to. Sort of let him go out on loan.
1: Surely uh, something's better than him just sitting on his arse here and getting... But
2: is it? Is he going to be in the 25? This is And this is what we've got to start thinking, because choosing outcomes, we've got to register these 25 players, or 24 if you want to potentially bring Wickham in or another free agent, because you can have one empty slot to bring someone in on a three. Does he fit into the 24? No, or is he... And that, yeah, if he doesn't fit in, you know, the, now this next sort of 24 hours is the time to sort of let them know. And then the agents, we should, probably should let them know already, like, but the agents can then get to work because it's going to be chaos this next 48 hours from up and down the country as well,
1: not, uh, just, but, not just here.
2: Because we're seeing it now, like, Premier League players are being allowed to go out, you know, the ones that are on the edges who are not going to make their 25 man squads, you know. On El Hernandez is a right signing for Middlesbrough today. Yeah. Just couldn't believe that when I seen it. But there'll be players of that sort of quality that aren't going to get in their squads in the 25 that are all of a sudden going to come available. A bit like McGeady when we got him. You know, it was like such a last, late call. That's Saloon, that one, not it? Um, yeah. And then it's like, do you want Aiden McGeady on loan for the season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that pump. Um, you know, and there's going to be players like that who will come up over the next. Sort of 24, 48 hours and we've just got to be on the front foot if we can get him in and get him over the line financially then you know hopefully and it does sound positive that the owner will give us the backing that they need so he's been it's just,
1: he's been flying around the place in his chopper hasn't he?
2: <laughs> we've talked about his chopper enough in part one <laughs> mate but um, yeah they're like it's one of them if if there's money to spend you know, on the right players to bring into the club that are going to help us try and get up the table and where people aspire us to be, then then great. If there's not, and we need to get people out the door first before people can come in, then we need to be proactive and get them done, that done tomorrow, really. on Monday, for when guys listen to this pod, you know, that needs to be the day, really, in terms of like they're available. That might be why the players are out tonight. It might be a bit of a leaving do for some of them. You know because they might be going out on loan or going out on a free tomorrow. Just yeah. Don't know,
0: do we? I think with so, Brown as well is that I know he's got a lot of criticism about the captaincy, but I think DJ manages the captaincy a lot better. I think the way that DJ DJ led the line, yesterday from the front, he barks orders, and I think Brown as much as I. I do love the guy. I think, I think the captaincy's a little bit heavy on his shoulders. That's, mm-hmm. that's just my that's my view. And I think he's probably best off if he just kind of focuses on his football again. Um, and and DJ's more than happy.
1: It made me laugh yesterday, I think twice. And I think we would be remiss of us as well, by the way, not to touch on how bad the referee was yesterday. But there was a couple of moments where the ref was trying to book two of our players. I know one of them was DJ. I think the other one was Ladson And they were both buggered off. And he was like, yeah. come here. And they just refused. And I'm like, that is just the sign of a weak referee, in my opinion. He's, he's, he's asked them to come to him. They've ignored him and he's ended up walking over to them.
0: With the ref, though, it's like, well, referees need to understand that if people are going to play a certain way, then you're going to press them and be aggressive. And some of the fouls just weren't fouls. But when you've got a two-goal lead, I'm more than happy if he wants to break up play and give free kicks yeah, away. Then yeah. it, it kind of works perfectly for us. I mean, yeah, you want to go and win. Four or five, but at the same time, it just stopped them playing because we were just breaking up the play all the time.
2: Yeah, I was I was surprised by how many fouls there were. There were thirty-two fouls in the game yesterday. Yeah, you know, put it in context: derby against Forest at lunchtime. You know, local derby. You know, you'd expect tackles to be flying a little bit more in front of a full house at Pride Park. There were thirteen fouls all game, so we've had over twice as many fouls in our game yesterday, and a lot of them were niggly little, you know careless fouls rather than you know, anything Just that's dangerous. Him. Yeah. I didn't I yeah, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and criticise the referee in too much detail because it's only his second what is it, second third game at this level? So S-
1: certainly up. is only his second game at this level this season. I don't know what he's done last season, but we don't need want to criticise him, him. But didn't want Sorry, it on, was ours. definitely a
0: penalty, wasn't it? It
1: was definitely a penalty on
0: Rees. 100%. 100%. Yeah.
2: He's done one of ours like, back in the last season. can't remember which game it was. That was his first game at the level. I remember seeing it on here. Um, mm. It's a Peter Bacardi. Yeah, That's his only other game in the Championship this season. And who did he do? He did one of our games. The no. Luton game. Luton Defeat. That was his first game in the championship. So he's had three games in the championship. Two of them involve us, and then the other one was Peterborough Cardiff. Like, and even that game, like when he, the, the Luton game last season, I, I think he dished out a few cards.
1: Was it eight in the Peterborough Cardiff one as well? Eight bookings.
2: No, nah, it's eight in total. oh no there was no cards in the in the Luton game. There was um, three three bookings in the Peterborough Cardiff game, and then five yesterday. Did eight in the Wigan Bolton game last week. On midweek even. That's not bad,
1: yeah. But yeah. Um second question then, boys. What for you is the minimum expectation from the five league games that are coming in September?
2: Good question. Because our run of games are horrendous. So I sort of said we needed a minimum of eight in August. So if we, to look at August like and to sort of reflect on it. It started horrifically, you know, because we've only took six points from the five games, which isn't great if you look at it from that point of view. You know, it's just over a point a game. Um, but when you reflect and think how bad we were the first three games and then look how decent we've been the last two, you sort of think we've turned the corner, hopefully. But these next five games, we'll see where we're at because by the end of September, we'll have played a quarter of the season, pretty much. And the games were horrific. Like Bristol City away, I don't know how they've got a win yesterday at Cardiff. But because when I watched them against Swansea last week, I thought they were terrible. But you know they've gone on the road and won.
1: We got Didn't. Chef United on the Tuesday, haven't we? And then West Brom at home on the Saturday. I mean, I don't
2: know if it's a good time to play Chef United or not, um, because obviously. They're still adapting, aren't they, in terms of their new structure and the players they've got in.
1: I think Yukanovich um, has been quite outspoken, hasn't he? Saying that the board need to do what they promised yeah. him they would do and back him and bring in the the players that he wants. Yeah. Could he could he end up walking if he doesn't mm. get backed? I don't know. Dunno. Don't know. Chrisy
2: Wilder was close to walking when he then got him up.
0: No, Ben Davis is not a bad sign.
2: <laughs> no, it's decent, isn't it? It's not costing him an arm and leg, but I think they, I think they're similar to us. They need outs before wins because they've got a very heavy squad. And um, Bristol City haven't won at home after since January, so
1: didn't realise it was that far back. Bloody hell! Oh mate, it's horrendous. It's a
2: really bad run. That was probably um, beat us, wasn't it? It was. That's <laughs> the issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to be so fair, that,
1: our incredible run against them had to come to an end at some point, didn't it? We How can be
2: Restart it, it's fine. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably a good time to go to Aston Gate and away, like in terms of them being on that bad of a run at home. Um, I think all their points this season have picked up away from home. Um, oh, they've got a draw against Lashes, but um, then we've got for that West Brom god, they look incredibly organized. That it's like every single player's bought into this mode of, of playing. 94th, yeah, yeah. You know, when you look, you've got your look in, like 94th minute, your centre half up front, like a Jay yesterday. in. It's like, <laughs> what's going on?
0: They've got a strong championship side, haven't they? Very good. Really great. strong. Real, unreal,
1: isn't it? Hugh Gill, Carlin Grant, Robinson, um Matt, Barna, Matt, 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 Matt Phillips. Matt Phillips. Yes. Uh, Sam Johnson. Thinking, uh, Johnson. Sam Johnston. What's the midfielder called? I was going to say Alex Mowat. Mowat Alex Mowatt,
0: who, uh, who looks. Who, obviously, he's, he was at Barnsley last season with him, but he's just fitting perfectly. Already. Yeah.
1: Darnell Furlong at right back. Semi jay at centre back. It's like you, you name the team, and it's like
2: just signing it. Just sign Jason Malumbi as well. Yeah, he'll, he'll fit well inside the system. In terms of the high press, you know just being a, a dog basically in terms of that centre midfield and then being able to play the ball um. but the, like, look through their numbers West Brom like 19 shots yesterday 23 against Rovers 12 against Sheffield United literally they're just, peppering goal, they're just peppering the goal 18 shots against Luton it's like it'd be so entertaining to watch 15 against <laughs> Bournemouth so Hugo was team. perfectly for them as
0: well he's oh, perfect he's, what he's, a perfect signing that is he had a few chances as well last night
2: yeah yesterday I've seen so yeah they, they're they just going to be fun to watch like we we just got to realise that we're going to concede shots to them we've just got to try and um, Ho- hope the use the pace were, uh, equal to them yeah but use our pace because obviously if they played that higher line you know that's a game for Emile and Scott Sinclair it, like you just know already in terms of the front two them two are available, you play them as you two and then hope that DJ is still here and can just thread passes through to them all night.
1: Why would DJ not be here?
2: Well, if you're a championship club and you've watched DJ for the past three games, why wouldn't you be interested in with 48 hours left of the window?
1: Very true. So, minimum expectation in terms of points, then? Who's it after West Brom? Um, Birmingham away, Stoke at home.
2: Oh, God. It doesn't get easy, does it? Like right, Birmingham are
1: flying. And even if you want to include the stoker flying, both of them, are, like both of them, are doing really well, aren't they? Even if you want to include the the first game in October, before is, a, is there an international break in October? Yeah, October. is yeah. a fourteen-day gap. About yeah, the, the fourteen-day gap from QPR at home on the second. Sorry, QPR away on the second to Derby. Derby at home on the sixteenth. So I don't know if you, from this international break to the next you say there's six games there, Bristol City away, Sheffield United away, West Brom at home, Birmingham away, Stoke at home, QPR away. What are you looking at points-wise? Three? Four. You never
0: know with us, though, do you? you just well, that's a thing,
1: isn't it? And especially the way we've played these last, what, three games?
0: Just be nice to get up and running away from home at some point over that period.
1: What do you consider to be up and running? Just a point, point on the board or a win?
0: In Bristol City is winnable. Yeah. And and would, then you I say would argue there, Chef
1: United is as well, the way that they've started.
0: Mm. Like Jimmy says, it's probably the best time to, to play them, isn't it? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go
2: seven points from the six game. Is a minimum expectation. Two draw two two wins, a draw, probably three defeats is probably what we're gonna be looking at in terms of a minimum expectation. I hope that we get Three, I'd, I'd take three wins a draw and a loss i take 11 points because that would put us back in the picture in terms of we'd probably be about I'd say 11th or 12th at that point but that run of games is as tough you'll get in the championship Yeah, you could just chuck, if you chuck Fulham into the mix you pretty much got a full house haven't you, in terms of games that you just don't want at the minute I think you know is it five of the top eight we're going to play Birmingham, Stoke QPR, West Brom, Obviously City, eleventh, so five out of top eleven. I know there's only five games going, you can't really tell much at that point, but you know Stoke, QPR, West Brom, all on ten points and above. It's tough, isn't it? That's, you know, I know Fulham got, Very. I know Fulham Dicked Stoke yesterday, but Fulham are going to absolutely battle a lot of teams this
1: season. Let's be fair, and so they should. So they should. Um, this next one, I'm I'm going to merge it into the next section as opposed to a standalone question, but I will ask it as a standalone question. Um, it can just be the start of the next section about the transfer window. So, constant talk about needing another striker, but where else do we need to strengthen to be more flexible tactically? 3-5-2 might not work, but Frankie McAvoy has said that's because our current centre-backs can't play in a 4. I don't think he said that verbatim. I think it's words to that effect, but yeah.
2: Did you not say that about Liam Lindsay? Was uh, I would not more specific about you know because Jordan always played in the two before as a centre half. Patrick Bauer has as well. I know they're both right footed, which probably so doesn't was, help the cause. So is Lindsay? Lindsay's left footed, isn't
1: he? Yeah, no. Lindsay's I'm a saying left-footed. he's played. He's played in a back. back yeah, two, a back four as a centre half. But not here. Is he?
0: I think he was on about all of the all of them really at the time mm. before Bauer was back.
2: Yeah, it's changing I feel more now co- Bauer's back. Because yesterday, second half, we went to a back four pretty much in terms of the set, story, Bauer and Hughes. We were pretty much a back four with how high Josh Earl was. Um
0: I think that answers the question then, doesn't it? If you sign if you sign another centre back, then we can play with a back four. So, you know, a left sided centre back would be perfect because then you can play with the back four. You're more flexible.
2: We missed the boat on the one we should have gotten the summer, but I've harped on about that enough.
1: Ron mm-hmm. Atkinson, by any chance? Mm-hmm. How did
2: you guess? <laughs> um, Is he a relation? <laughs> no, he's no relation. No, no, he's clearly the talented part of the gene pool of, of the family name. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, but there's not. I just don't think there's any out there that you, you look at and think, "Oh, yeah, you're definitely you, you know, you're someone we should look at." Because they are like Rocky North. What's it? Um, left side of centre halves that well, like, are decent. You not
1: and, say the actual phrase there, Jim. I'm
2: um, trying to make it a family show, despite our mish- mishaps in the in the first half. I think I do think I, I take a centre half if one comes available, but y- you're going to register Liam Lindsay because you've just spent money on him and you're spending money on his wages, so. Are they going to sanction enough to sort of bring in a left side of centre half? I don't really know. I'd take a defensive midfielder because I think we're short of them options.
1: See, Regan Slay is
0: about to join Hull, isn't
2: he? Yeah, it's always going to, be, always going to happen,
0: weren't it? Yeah. I'd like, I'd like to see us invest in those two positions permanently, I think. That would be because I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about getting a good spine to your team. Mm. It's all right signing loan players, but. We need to get that back, that spine back, and I think if we invest in those two positions, it'll be, um, it'll be worthwhile going forward.
1: The rate we're going as well. It seems like we're we're making one decent-ish, and when I say decent, I mean in terms of money spent signing permanent signing ev- every window near enough. We've done obviously a meal last summer, Ben Whiteman in January, so Scott Sinclair the week the. Uh window previous to that, which yeah. obviously wages rather than a fee. I
2: get, I get that in terms of this paying a fee, but like paying a fee doesn't always get you perfect doesn't guarantee
1: quality. quality does it?
2: No, it doesn't. I'd rather invest the same fee over say three players, but we're all under twenty-four that you can mold and you can develop. You know, like an Emil I know obviously we obviously paid a million and a bit for him, but like if you get players of that sort of caliber. That are young can be nurtured can be developed can be pushed on that's what we're that's the route we need to go back down because that's the route we haven't gone down for the past probably two or three years apart from signing Emil and i potentially say Ben Whiteman and Ledson as well in that but like we need to be developing players because that's got to be our structure and our philosophy going forward can't just be like relying on 26, 27, 28-year-olds to say, oh, hey, you know, you come in and a pretty penny for two years, and then by which point it's the 28 when they come in the door, the 30 when they're going out of it, and they're pretty much on the side of the career.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: In terms of the rest of this window then, obviously as we're recording, there's 48 hours to go, but by the time this will be out, there'll be 24 to go-ish, give or take. Um, Where and what do you see happening in that time?
0: Harrop going out.
1: Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting that he was in the squad yesterday.
0: Yeah. I did find that strange. Just
1: mm. so let everyone
2: know he's still alive and he's not locked in a basement.
0: But also, he brought Bayliss on the other night, which I thought was strange, and then Bayliss was out on loan. True. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was just reminding people that these people are available.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd like there. to see Ripley go. Yeah.
0: I don't think we'll get managed to get anyone who will take him. Like I said before, Rafferty... And then I won't be. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a surprise. I don't know why. I just do.
1: I agree. I think Jim said it before, didn't you, that there, there might be a, a shock in there. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised one bit.
2: I don't know why I've said that, by the way, because I've not heard anything of, of that ilk, but it just wouldn't surprise me. My, the only thing I'm going to say about the window is I'm going to expect the unexpected. I think with 48 hours to go, well... 50 hours as as we're recording I just think there's going to be absolute carnage in the football league
1: I think the way that this window has panned out and given the last 18 months or so I think that's that's the the minimum to expect is carnage because The the last the last couple of windows haven't been what we've come to expect as football fans have they which is understandable, given the state that the world was in, but...
2: But it's like, as soon as the Ronaldo deal goes through, that'll start a ripple effect, because then you'll have two or three United Dunks that'll go straight out on loan, you know, and it'll free up spaces in squads. It'll knock on, won't it? But like, yeah, as massively. well as that,
1: you've got players like, you know, Jesse Lingard might leave, Dan James might leave, and that will free up places in other Premier League squads.
2: Exactly, so if, if Lingard goes to West Ham, for example likely as a West Ham player will then become available, you know, who'll then go to a football league club. that to abroad. Leeds
1: or Everton, or I've seen him been linked with about three or four different clubs today, but he goes to one of them and same again and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I suspect it's going to be a very, very busy end to yeah. what I think has on the whole been quite a quiet window so far.
2: It's just a massive ripple effect. Do you think it's been a quiet window? I think in the Football League, it's not been that quiet. I think there's been a lot of free transfers. There's not been a lot of fees spent. I get that. But I think there's been a lot yeah, of movement. Yeah, like, that's fair enough. Because like, if you look at some of the teams in the Championship that have brought in players, I think some teams in the Championship have made some really good moves this winter. Like, and I don't think there's many that have brought in sort of less than two or three unless they're on an embargo. You know, Rovers have only brought in two on loan. And that's been in the past
1: week. I get that. I think they're expected to be quite busy, aren't they, in the next day or so?
2: Yeah, I'd expect teams like Bristol City to be quite busy. Reading. Um, Reading, if they can get themselves out of the embargo. Because um, obviously that's the thing that's holding them back. They've brought in a couple of lads on free transfers this week. They've brought in Julian Hoylet. And um, what was the other lad? The lad who's was at Birmingham. The Croatian lad, the, the guy who plays in the 10-roll. Oh. Is it Halilovic or something like that?
1: Halilovic?
2: Yeah, they brought him on a free. So, there'll, there'll be players like that. Sheffield United will be busy because they've only brought in Ben Davis so far.
1: Do you think, just coming back onto North End, obviously we've still got Wickham on trial, do you think we'll keep him on trial until the window's shut to see where we're at, what shape we're in, as to whether we offer him something or not? also do you think it'd be a bit maybe silly of the club to offer him something before the window shuts because something really good might come along before the window shuts and if you've already offered Wickham something obviously you have to include him in the squad whereas if you hold off unless you really like the player which obviously we don't know that they do or don't but if you hold off you allow the time for something really good to happen if that makes sense
0: I think it depends what interest he gets, doesn't it, as well? If that kind of forces our hand a bit. I'd wait. I'd wait as long as possible, because, it, especially these next few days, because things will start to come available who you, you think weren't available. And suddenly you've got Wickham and you're like, oh, I wish we'd wait a little bit longer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, personally, they'll want to try and keep them as long as they can on trial because they'll want to play them a bounce game or friendly or the Central League. To see what it's like in in a match situation, because I don't think there's... you can't really make can't too much of a, jug- a
1: game in training, can you? Of course not, and there's nothing to say won't break, da- break down. down um, in one of those games. Do you think they will have a friendly or some kind of behind closed doors game at Exton in the next two weeks? Just to keep them ticking over. Even if it's
2: not Exton, it'll be away. They'll, they'll have a game of some description. I'm, I'd be pretty sure of that because they need to. Keep, they, they always do in terms of the international breaks, usually have some sort of bounce game. Even if it's just inter-squad and they're playing the youth team, they'll have some sort of fixture just to keep themselves ticking over in terms yeah. of lads that haven't gone on international duty. Who's actually gone away? Sepp, Sepp, I think, isn't it? Is it just Seppi? Because there's no one else in the international squad, is there? Because Brown's not been called up. Maguire hasn't been called up. Maguire don't might be on standby.
1: Don't think DJ has either.
2: No, well, he's just spent the best part of, what, a month away, hasn't she? as not
0: I think you've got to remember for us as well is that we've got a few players out of contracts, haven't we? So, in a similar situation to the Fisher situation, you don't know whether they will get an offer that will come and they'll go, well, you know what, we'll cash in on that. Like a Brown, a Barky. Barky, yeah. Barky's the the perfect one. His contract's up next year. If you get a good offer...
2: Brown, Barky, Story, Bauer. All these players, like... That
0: could go for
2: a fee. I, you know, Barky, Story, Bauer all out of contract next summer. Hughes, I know clubs might be banging down the door to get those players, but every player's got a fee, aren't they? Every player's got a price. Someone comes in late on, you know, on Tuesday night, five o'clock, with don't know half a million quid for one of them. What do you do? Short turnaround in terms of getting a replacement, but like I said, it can start a ripple effect and it can be like dominoes, can't it? Really, in terms but of as
1: well, it might be one of them that they go quite heavy in that area. We'll, mm. we'll look at the next window.
2: Yeah, the issue is you've got probably 18 games, aren't you? 18, 20 games between the two windows. Yeah, so... and if you pick up
1: one or two injuries as well, then
2: ah, yeah, screwed.
1: So going to be an interesting just, one as to whether or not they include hunts as well, because obviously he's had stuff going on outside of football, but I think was he back involved with some kind of training at the ground yesterday?
2: Yeah, so he did do cool down yesterday, someone mentioned. He's done a bit of ball work this week at Exton, so he seems to be back around the lads. Don't know the situation in terms of how fit he is and how close he is to making into the 25. Um but Yeah, just glad he's, I'm just glad he's back at the club.
1: Yeah, good to see him back involved And back to doing what he does Yeah, I think unless you boys have got anything else You want to add about the window Then we can move on to the final part Nope no. Cool, um, yeah, it's not really going to be a normal br- Preview this, obviously we've got Bristol City after the window There's not really much point In doing any kind of preview to be honest But I think it'd be remiss of us not to touch on it They've lost two, one two and drawn one Plus they've lost the game in the cup on penalties to Forest Green after a two two draw, so a very mixed start to the season. Um and Jim, I think you mentioned before, didn't you, that they've obviously they've not won at Ashton Gate since January, which was when they beat us. So while a lot will happen in the next day or so and you know there might be injuries picked up over the international break or whatever. Um what kind of thing do you think we can expect from the Bristol City game?
2: Um They're very much a team that's in transition themselves. You know, let go of 18 players in the summer. Just gone. Only brought in three. So they're a team that probably were a little bit top heavy in terms of numbers. Um when I watched him, like I've not seen too much of him, granted. But when I watched him last Friday night against Swansea, I just thought, oh God, he's short here. Like,
1: they've got Naki Wells. Who would it
2: he might be one that might
1: go out next forty eight hours, came off the bench. Could he be the championship one that we've inquired about? Because we've been linked in the past, haven't we?
2: Yeah. Um I don't know. I think it'd be someone at Sheffield United, personally. The FL Link. Um, and not Brewster. Everyone thinks oh it'd be Reon Brewster. I don't think it will. So I, I can't see them paying £24 million for playing and letting them go to Preston on loan.
0: <laughs>
1: when you please say prove like, me oh, wrong. It does, pl- does pl- seem a pl- bit...
2: Trevor, please prove me wrong. Please <laughs> prove me wrong.
1: <laughs> would, <laughs> just, just on his chopper be... out <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll Stop talking about that. Do you think um, a front two of Brewster and Reese would work? Oh, that's tasty, is it? Because Emile's the informed forward at the club at the minute. So you'd imagine any game that we're going into after the window, or at least immediately after the window, he's he's starting.
2: You think so, would not you? But yeah, it'd be interesting. If, if, if that's the player that comes in, he might not, might not get anyone. He might have put three bids in and get knocked back. Four, three, just don't know, do you? Yeah, so. it's
0: all right saying you put a bid in. It means nothing until it comes off, does it? Yeah. Hey, the,
2: the Premier League bids might be for Harry Kane and you know Jamie Vardy, like, and they might could. tell us to do one, you know, in terms of getting them in on loan. But yeah, we've been here before, we? Ronaldo, yeah, you never know. You know, Martial might be you know, <laughs> sat on the bench for a bit.
1: By well, anyway, the, v, the V's dreams could come true, and it could be mate, uh, Mason Greenwood.
2: Could be, yeah. Might have the Champions League theme if we get that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway,
2: back on topic. Yeah, Bristol City. Some good players still in that team, you know, obviously they've got um, Matthew James from Leicester during the summer, partnered up with Andy King in the middle yeah. of the park, um, obviously knows us really well. Chris Martin, obviously, always been a handful at this level. Andreas Vyman, like him, He's always been good. So they have still got a good side, you know, Atkinson and Callas, two centre-halves.
1: Is it? Um, is it the manager that lets you down?
2: yeah without being nasty to Nigel Pearson because I would not want to meet him down a dark alley at night because he'd probably knock ten shades out of me um, yeah I just don't rate Nigel Pearson I just don't find him inspiring I don't think the, if you look at the form since he's gone in I think they had a good start but then just completely tailed off that's as a typical Nigel Pearson reaction to a team you know he's seen it at Leicester and then obviously Leicester got Ranieri in and the miracle happened
0: I think you just mentioned two there, didn't you, James and King? Who I think he would have had both of them at Leicester. So
1: yeah, he did. Um,
0: you know they're not exactly inspiring signings, are they? They're just players he's worked with before.
1: It was like when um, uh, was it Phil Brown came in and Jobs for the and Ashby, was like, yeah. Ashby and Ashby
0: well, and Grayson's doing
1: it now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Clarke and yeah. Garnes. getting the band back together. We're getting <laughs> Beckford out of retirement next. <laughs> would not put it past Larry, to be fair.
2: It depends what happens there with the two centre-halves they've got, they've we? got um, James Hill and, uh, what's the 21, what's called? I can't think of his name. I spoke to someone about him as well last week. Anyway, but if one of those goes, then it could come in on loan for one of our spare centre-halves, potentially. So, just don't know. It's Callum Wood's up to? Surely he might have fancy a move. But, yeah, all joking aside, Bristol City will be a tough game. It'll be... Interesting what they do next 48 hours. Obviously, Steve Lansdowne's got a bit of money, hasn't he? Was it Harrison Holgate? Uh, yes, it was. 21-year-old, gone through their academy.
1: Look, He looks very young. I'm just looking at their website. Uh, yeah. That no, yeah, name as Born, well. born yeah. in 2000. So, it'll be him. Oh, God. You,
2: know what, you know what scared me? This is a complete I looked at the under-21 squad and literally every person is born after the year 2000. I thought, <laughs> oh my God, I'm getting old. Like, scared me. I tell you who's in there, Charlie Cresswell, Richard Cresswell's lad at Fleetwood. No, in the under 21 squad.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. England under at 21 Leeds.
2: Yeah, Yeah, He's He needs a loan, by the way. I wouldn't mind him here because he looks really good. Mm. Skipping under 23 side at Leeds at 19. Like, right? strong, good ball player. Uh, I messaged Ollie about him. I said, What do you know about him? He not know too much, but. I've done a bit of clipping this week, like past 24 hours, and I'm like, mm, yeah, he does look actually quite good.
1: Well, it's going to be an interesting end to an interesting window, I think is probably the best way to put it. And hopefully this has been a more than interesting end to an interesting podcast as well. See what I did there, boys? No. Anyway,
2: you <laughs> need to tell everyone about Wednesday night. We're having a special podcast Wednesday, aren't we?
1: Yeah, thanks for jumping the gun as well. Again, oh. yeah. Yeah. Kindly uh, mentioned by Jim. We are recording on Wednesday. We will be out. Well, we will be releasing it on Thursday. Uh, a post window special. Be uh, the three of us plus a special guest. Um, someone that I'm sure everyone has enjoyed listening to in the past. Um, I'll give you a little clue. How do you keep how do you keep a kebab quiet, boys?
2: Oh, let's not go there. Can we not?
1: <laughs> yeah, and on that note, I think unless you two have got anything else you want to add, then we can we can wrap that up. No, thanks, mate. Brilliant.
2: Trevor, get your checkbook out. <laughs> Come on, make this exciting.
1: We'll reconvene on Wednesday, mate, and Yeah, see if that's have, happened
2: or not. We might have nothing to talk about at all. Yeah.
1: Right, cheers boys, thank you very much, and thank you listener for listening to episode 5 of the From the Finney podcast. Three wins in a week, it's not a bad way to sign out before an international break, so yeah, make the most of the break, make the most of the the time away from North End, and I know I certainly will be doing, as much as I can anyway, but yeah, don't don't forget that you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. Uh, make sure you go and give us a follow on Twitter if you aren't already. I'm at JIOATS. Oats like porridge, but with an E between the T and the S. Brownie, what are
0: you? Brownie, underscore,
1: underscore, underscore. And Jim, I'm sure everyone knows who, who you are on Twitter. And bye now. No, I just follow at PNE fans Team
2: instead. Don't, <laughs> f- don't follow me. I'm boring.
1: Yeah. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Much appreciated, as always. Thanks for your time. Just say bye. I never understand. Oh, oh dear. <laughs>
2: Do you want us to say bye to him? Just vote to you for fucking an hour and a half.
1: Yeah, just just be like, right. cheers, bye. Bye, Jay. Cheers, Jay. Bye. <laughs> Fuck off, Jim. <laughs> <laughs>